Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. All right, you guys, we are ready for a new episode of Chaotic Harmony Classroom. Thank you for listening. We have a guest with us today. Hi, Sandra. Hi. <laughs> Yay, Hello. Sandra. <laughs> this is Sandra Camarena, and we are blessed to work with her as a music teacher in the district. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky, too. I love you guys. Oh, mm-hmm. love you back, lady. Love you. So we have had the pleasure of doing all three ORF levels with Sandra, and mm-hmm. I have to say she's kind of mama hen to all of us. <laughs> yeah, I slap when I have to. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> yep. she keeps us in line, but she's also the voice of encouragement that we call when we've had a rough patch and we need... We need some encouragement. So Well, right back um, at you guys. You guys helped me out, too. Well, thanks, dude. You've helped me get through these three, qu- because I swear to you, I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's concerning. The three levels. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's happening right okay. now. I'm going to ride. <laughs> it's all in the reintegration after. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remove cobwebs from an old brain. Actually, <laughs> I can remember the moment our friendship was born in level one, when um, <laughs> David started going off on this tangent, talking about modes, and I was just thinking in my head, I have not thought about modes in 12 years and my eyes crossed a little bit and Sandra leans over and goes dude I have no idea what he's talking about and I was just like me neither I know and I felt like I was like oh so relieved yeah I couldn't believe I said that out loud first I thought oh my god I'm admitting that I don't know something and I thought you know what I don't care yeah <laughs> no it was okay but I mean aren't we all a little more comfortable with modes than we ever yes, were before sure. very yeah. much so, so I think after my the friends. third one especially yeah like they said no one really knows how modes really work because uh-huh. it wasn't documented Okay, right. cool. No one knows. Great. No one I'm knows. Good. <laughs> but they are useful. Anyway, yes. we should do a whole episode about modes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Not today. No. no. <laughs> Not today because so, Sandra, today... what are you feeling on the Phrygian mode? <laughs> Personally, I like Phrygian. Oh. <laughs> Phrygian for Becky is She my is an alto. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Sandra, you have such an interesting story, and I've only caught it in bits and pieces over the years, so I'm really excited to get the whole thing from beginning to end. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit? But just for context for the audience about you growing up as a kid, because you're a lifelong Southern California mm-hmm. resident. I'm actually native to San Diego and actually uh, not really a native to San Diego and Tijuana because I grew up on both sides. On both sides of the border. Yeah. Okay. So um, I grew up with that duality of, of um, two cultures, two languages, um, two different ways of living, really, because mm-hmm. when you cross the border, you live differently. Um, like a simple example, like uh, when I went to my grandmother's house, uh, we had an outhouse. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day they were putting in a bathroom and we were like super excited. You mm-hmm. didn't even think about it. You know, yeah. it, it was just like normal. Mm-hmm. We had a well. We uh-huh. had to buy water and it went into the well. And you don't think about, oh, I live in the United States where I have all of these conveniences, um, you know, paved streets and stuff like that. And I didn't have that. And, and I just adapted. It was like, eh, you know, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. And so you just went back and forth. And that was, and that's how a lot of our kids are actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here on the border, they go back and forth, and and they don't think about it. Were you yeah. raised bilingual from the beginning, or were you, was there Spanish I, at home? I spoke Spanish only. My parents are mm-hmm. immigrants. They, my mom is from Jalisco, and therefore big time mariachi with her. Mm-hmm. And my dad is from Michoacan, mm-hmm. and so big time only Spanish was spoken in my home. My parents were adamant, especially my mother, about us learning how to read, write, and speak in Spanish. Good, so you could communicate with your family. My mom felt that it was um, going to be a plus for us to be bilingual. Mm-hmm. So she um, 
she was really militant about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes she wouldn't answer questions if they weren't answered and asked in Spanish. So sometimes when I was angry, I wouldn't ask her anything because I was oh. mad. I didn't oh. want to speak. I, I didn't want to do what she wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she taught us how to read. Um, she corrected us. She was just really tough on us. And mm-hmm. my dad's rule was when you went, when you crossed the border, you stopped speaking English. Oh, mm. wow. I didn't, wow. We didn't so follow it all the time. reading, writing, singing in Spanish. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. I cut my teeth on Mexican music. Yeah. That's all I grew up with. My mother is a big singer, was a big singer. Yeah? Yeah. Her and my aunt recorded in Tijuana, and they were on the radio. And um, so I grew up in completely immersed in, in music. My my aunt, and the minute my aunt came over for like, you know, Easter, Christmas, whatever, they would get out this old funky recorder. These I know you guys don't know what this is, but those reel-to-reels. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> reel-to-reel. They were huge. Mm-hmm. And my aunt would show up, and my mom would pull out the guitar, and they'd be sitting there recording themselves. Oh, wow. That's and cool. so I learned to play the guitar to accompany them and my dad and any other combination of duet or trio that anybody did. That's amazing. Do those recordings still exist? My mom has them somewhere yeah. now. My aunt and my grandmother would always record all the parties because they would line us up in the living room all 11 of us um, on my mom's side and they had a little partition in our 1930s home and Mm -hmm. they would all sit at the table and drink and sing Mm -hmm. until three in the morning wow and then they would periodically tell us to shut up because we would be laughing and you know (laughs) and carrying on next door and then Uh you know i'd be like be quiet you know and then close the door and then they'd go back to singing and (laughs) and my grandmother always had a recorder yeah always always had her cassette recorder recording everything and then she'd listen to it late at night when she couldn't sleep Oh, so yeah, it yeah. was complete. There was music all the time in my house. That's really cool. All the time. So when are we going to stay up till three making music, drinking? That sounds pretty mm-hmm. fun. Oh my god, it was so much fun. <laughs> I mean, it was so much fun. With I mean, the reels, real? Yeah. Oh god, Let's please do bring the reel. <laughs> yeah, bring eight tracks back. Hey. Okay. Because uh, that's how old I am. Music sounds best. I'll on take CDs, reel to reel, eight tracks. So I've heard you talk before about growing up um, in our school system as a uh, English learner, mm-hmm. and you were going to school during uh, integration. Yeah, so yeah. I started school in um, 1965, because mm-hmm. um, 60s, yeah, 65. Mm-hmm. And um, so, right, that's when civil rights was happening, and mm-hmm. it, San Diego was different. Um, I grew up in an area that was very integrated. We had uh, Navy housing on top of the hill above our school, and then um, I lived on a street that had two other Hispanic families, though my dad didn't think they were Hispanic because they didn't really speak Spanish anymore. They'd been <laughs> here, they'd been there for, they, they were like third, fourth generation, so mm-hmm. they didn't speak Spanish anymore. Um, so we were the only Spanish speaking family on the block. Wow. But we grew up with everything. And then right around second grade, we had a huge Filipino um, insurgents of people coming because of the Navy. Mm-hmm. And they actually um, got rid of our canyon behind our school and they built a bunch of homes and that became oh. what is today Little Manila. Okay. And so uh, we grew up, I grew up with everything. Samoans, a lot of Pacific Islanders, mm-hmm. uh, Mexicans, a lot of African Americans and, and Anglo people from all over the country mm-hmm. and the world. Yeah. So it was really interesting. And um, I love the stories that you tell about that reel to reel showing up at your school concerts. Um, oh my mom! No, my mom. My mom had by that time we had a real cassette player. Okay, so she would Sitting have to sit there and, and do this. Timing was everything. Uh huh. <laughs> so, right, you know. And so yeah, we have those recordings from our shows when we were doing chorus because we had. I was fortunate enough to have chorus, and as a second language learner, I'm going to tell you that I did not learn how to speak English. I went to school. I didn't speak English at all. I was the oldest, and. 
I learned via music. My mm. kindergarten teacher sang with us at before we went home, mm-hmm. and it took me years before I realized what I was saying. Oh, I wow. would just sing the songs, mm. and then one day I went, "Oh, I'm singing about a bluebird." Oh, I didn't know that, uh-huh. um, and stuff like that. And then in second grade, I joined the chorus. Uh-huh. Um, I had a music teacher who would come every once in a while, um, and she listened to us sing individually, and she asked me to be in the chorus. And so um, we did things like take me out to the ball game, glow worm. I don't even know what the theme was. I just thought I was singing these songs. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we had like a fourth grade, uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade chorus. Mm-hmm. And that's when we did, you know. So there's an infamous <laughs> yes. musical that uh, that she loves to regale us with once in a while yeah. about desegregation and yes. you have to sing the banner song okay so i went to paradise hills elementary and mm-hmm. we did this whole program about how integrated we are and how multicultural we are and so it was basically a multicultural program mm-hmm. and our opening and our ending song was a song that our two of their teachers had composed and it was um we're the ethnic balance racially integrated paradise hill school chorus and all this talk of trouble at school just simply tends to bore us we like each other and get along well and our teachers just adore us we're the ethnic balance racially integrated paradise hill school chorus dun, 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 dun. our families come from 50 states they're known wherever you know we we'll go from guam japan the philippines and nearby mexico samoa and hawaii where the dancers move with zest and long ago from africa we're rhythm those were the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh so inappropriate. Keep on going. Keep on going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's more offensive, the lyrics or the lack of melodic line. Okay. <laughs> like, no, all it, of it. It only took me like 50 times hearing her like randomly burst. She likes to burst into <laughs> oh, I'm sure. the most I'm inopportune sure. moments like when I'm supposed to not be messing around. Um, <laughs> And uh, I finally figured out it's super califragilistic. Yes. Thank you. Even though the sound Absolutely. of it is something quite atrocious. I mean, you say it not. You're going to judge me hard. I'm, just, I'm not going to say anything about that. But Yeah, pretty much. And so they took that in. It was just. And so we literally, we had, that's how I learned. Because it was, you know, Filipinos got to sing a song. And so, you know, it was well intentioned. Yeah. That's probably the best. I just way want to you to know it. that we were, on channel, we were on channel eight, okay? <laughs> oh, what? We were on channel eight. It was tele- oh we actually goodness. were televised because it was propaganda. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we grew up with a lot. You know, yeah. I grew up with a lot of racism. It, it was systematic. It was okay racism. You know, mm, people yeah. constantly tell me that I wasn't Mexican. No, you're Spanish. I'm like, no. Uh, and then I'd ask my mom, not from Spain. Yeah. 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 Mm. So they were just, you know, like there was things that you know, Mexican was bad, Spanish was good. You know, that kind of. Thing. It's kind of like when people said Filipinos aren't Asian; they're Pacific Island. Except yes, right labels. Yeah, but then it was just you. There was it was just but, not acceptable. Right, and mm-hmm. yours has a much deeper racial layer. Yeah, for sure. so there was just a lot of racial stuff um, that we grew up with, and it was you know you kept your mouth shut. Because mm. you just couldn't say anything. Because we, <laughs> yeah. So they wanted to inter- because of that. Um, they wanted when I graduated from sixth grade, uh, promoted. They wanted to send me to an inner city school mm. to mm-hmm. uh, integrate. And my mother was like, "Nope, nope," because it would have been like a two-hour, you know, oh my goodness, mm. on the bus. Um, and my mom was like, "No, you're not going to go." Um, so I was like, "Okay, good." She so sounds like she was fierce. She was actually. Mm-hmm. Um, she defended me. She didn't tell me until I was in uh, graduated high school that my first grade teacher wanted to flunk me. Oh my goodness! Um, wow. Because I didn't speak English, oh, and my, my mother goodness. was like, "You're uh. not going to flunk her." And she wow. told my mother I was going to be a high school dropout. 
What? Well, you showed her. Mm. My mother told me when I graduated. She goes, I wish I had her number. I wish I had her address. Mm. I send her a graduation. And she goes, and you're going to go to college. I said, yeah, mom, I am. Not only did you graduate, you have changed the course of so many kids' lives over your career. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I don't know about the good or the bad. I don't know if it's good or bad. Sometimes I'm like, oof, (laughs) that was really tough. I've, I've met some of my former students and... I, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm. <laughs> and then they'll tell me, like, remember when we did this? And I was like, oh, I forgot I did that with you. Mm-hmm. And then I go, okay, I wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. But right. I was singing I, I was singing with my kids from the very beginning. Yeah, you yeah. brought music into schools. Because you didn't... Immediately. Even though you're a music teacher right now, you didn't just teach music. No, I was a very... I started out... Well, that's... Um, so when I went to San Diego State, I was a music major. I was a piano major. Okay. Never occurred to me, a, me to be a singer, which is funny because that's what I do for a living now mm-hmm. uh, my Good other life. But um, so I was a piano major. And I decided right about, I don't know, I think my junior year, mm-hmm. all the jobs were disappearing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, crap, what year I'm was this a job. 80, 80-something. 80 okay. Yeah. It was in the 80s. Uh, probably 83 after prop 13 yeah so funding dried up yeah Yeah. so there was no funding and i thought i'm not gonna have a job Mm -hmm. so um i was sitting with a friend of mine and she said um she goes can you read and write and you know she goes i know you speak spanish but can you read and write and i said yeah and she said they're they're offering um a scholarship Mm -hmm. and they'll pay for your education if you'll become a teacher and i was like last thing i wanted to be (laughs) was a regular classroom teacher and so i thought so because of your experience in part, yeah. but um, I think more than anything, I think it was just being rebellious because I come from uh, a family of teachers. My mother was like, like "Got it." Like mm. teaching in your blood, and I was like, "No, I'm not." Mm. Um, you rebellious? I, 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 I know, can't I can't tell. see it. I can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> Super. My mother used well in Spanish. It says Contreras. My mother said my mother should have my name should have been Sandra Contreras because Contreras means contrary. Contrary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So if yeah. you ever told me this, I said no. So um, I went and I, they gave, they tested me. I took a written exam. I took a verbal exam. And the next thing you know, I was on the track to become a bilingual teacher. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did for 16 years. And you've been in Spanish. Chula Vista the whole time, yeah? No. No? Oh. Okay. Ooh. I taught my first year mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like their uh, what idea of a bilingual program. Mm-hmm. Was it here? What, what is As it? in Chula Vista. Vista. Okay. I okay. taught in Chula Vista my first year at Loma Verde. Okay. okay. And I was, I was like, I can't do this. I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot continue to work in a program I don't agree with. Hmm. Um, so I left for the okay. South Bay, which had a really good um, program at that time. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for 16 years. And then I, I quit to stay home with my kids. I went to San Diego City Schools for one year. Um, and then I decided to stay home for mm-hmm. two more years. And then I um, and then uh, they opened up Wolf Canyon, and my friend uh, Deborah was the principal, and she called me up because she needed a fourth grade position. Hmm. And so I, I thought, okay, I'll go back to work. You and my husband at this point was like, please go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> you're never home. You're always at school, uh-huh. and you're not getting paid for your service. So can you just go back to work? And mm. I was like, okay, fine. So that I opened up at Wolf Canyon. I was displaced, went to Harborside, and then I met Lauren um, in an art class that they were doing at the district office. Huh. I went with my friend, and we were sitting there doing making masks, and I don't know what they were talking about how to integrate art into, you know, your everyday music class. I mean, your regular classes, which we'd already I'd already been doing for a long time. Right. Yeah. My friend and I had already did because at mm-hmm. Wolf Canyon, uh, Deborah was adamant about integrating the arts, so mm-hmm. we had already started doing that. Well, that's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Well, and also you yeah. you maintained your musical career alongside. Yeah. So your teaching career. The, actually, when I got hired at um, at South Bay. I auditioned for my first opera. Yeah, and, with the San Diego Opera Chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I got in. So my first opera was Boris Godunov in Russian. And, and how long have you been an opera chorus member? 
about as long as I've been a teacher. A teacher, wow, Ooh. okay. And even when I was off, when I was home with my kids, then I did like other things, like I did The King and I, mm-hmm. I did um, some Gilbert and Sullivan. So I kind of took that opportunity to work um, in music mm-hmm. since I wasn't working full-time as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I did roles, I did stuff like that mm-hmm. in those three years that I was off. So I can I have continuously worked. Yeah. Um, but I, I started But they were very singing. separate realms. Mm. I never talked about it. Yeah. Nobody knew. Um, I don't think I talked about it until... I think somebody found out. Then somebody saw me. And they said, I didn't know you sang. I was like, oh, did you see me? And, they were like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like, oh. Or I think I came out on TV. It was some weird way because they would take okay. pictures of us. And, uh, you know, my face... I was being short. I was always usually in the front. Mm-hmm. And so they would always, you know... They'd be like a picture of me in costume or uh-huh. you know, or moving on during the newscast or something. And so then somebody would say, oh, I didn't know you sang. And I was like, yeah, I do it on occasion. But to me, they were, very, occasion. But they were very separate. Um, Understatement. I know. For six uh-huh. months, my husband used to call himself an opera widower. <laughs> but I, um, I separated it. Yeah. It was my other, it was my place to be normal. Yeah. And then I had to come over here and be, you know, very circumspect and very responsible and organized and you know just all these things i had to do as a teacher as right? a teacher and so then, your creative self and then your your yeah. classroom teacher I mean, version. I, there was some creativity i sure there is a lot of creativity in being a regular classroom teacher if you want to do that yeah um it's just that for me it was very separate uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't talk about it so so you met lauren our vapa coordinator at this art yeah she was standing thing. in front of me i was uh i was sitting there shooting my mouth because somebody said to me i shoot my mouth <laughs> no, like, you? what a shock i know so i'm standing <laughs> with my friend and and somebody said yeah they're gonna bring art back to chula vista and i was like what you're kidding you're lying right uh-huh. they go no and they're gonna start music i was like no uh-huh. and she goes no yes and i was like well, you know what I think they should do? Uh-huh. And then, of course, I started on my soapbox because, <laughs> you know, I know uh-huh. everything. And, um, and Lauren turned around and she said, what's your name? <laughs> and I was like, I'm Sandra. And she, she goes, oh, my name is Lauren. And she goes, so um, you sing? Uh, what do you, you know, are you a musician? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, I, I do this, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, she's like, well, you know, um, we need music teachers. I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> And she said, uh, yeah, you know, maybe you should apply. And I was like, for what? Uh-huh. And she goes, well, we're, we need music teachers. And I was like, like. This was when she was hiring like 60 people in yeah. three months. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And I was looking at her like, what are you talking about? And uh-huh. so um, I told her where I was. And she said they needed a music teacher. And they had posted. And so I went back to my site. And I spoke to my principal. And he said no. He did not want a music teacher. He wanted me in fourth grade that oh, year. Oh, wow. Hmm. And I was really disappointed. And um, he said, you know, you have a new team. They really need you as a leader. And I was like, fine. So I waited a year. Oh, OK. And then the following year, um, I had Beatrice, actually, in my classroom. Hmm. OK. She was a teaching artist. So Lauren came and spoke to me again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was talking about, you know, how effective the program was, you know, because she was a San Diego, she was a, a San Diego opera teaching artist at that mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and so then uh, she encouraged me to, uh, to you know, apply, and um, so I did. Wow! And she, I got hired at Otay. She, I love hearing. I love hearing your angle of of that story. And if this is the first time you've listened to Chaotic Harmony, if you can go back and and uh, you're interested in the story of how arts were reintegrated into Chula Vista schools, that's in episode 0, the prelude episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hearing all the details from Lauren is 
pretty astounding. Mm-hmm. So yes. mm-hmm. yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I love hearing your side of it too. And yeah, I just couldn't believe it because yeah. I I never thought in my lifetime I would see arts come back. back to school ever. Sandra, your story is so interesting. I feel like after this, we we need to pitch your story to like Marvel or something yeah. like <laughs> Secret Lives, the superhero music teacher. Yeah, like it's yeah. so fascinating. It's been, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I wasn't the only teacher for when I first started singing in the opera chorus. It was common to see several of us backstage during a show with mm-hmm. homework. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I would be sitting there correcting writing or whatever. Mm. Um, the music teachers all found outlets. And yeah. just biting time. You had to, yeah. yeah. And so uh, it was, there were quite a few of us wow. that were teachers. Uh-huh. And um, and we would, and not so much anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's a lot of, um, uh, you know, singers, uh, up and coming, mm-hmm. a lot of Nazareans, as I call them, <laughs> from Point Loma. From Point Loma, um, yes. And San Diego State, Plenty. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more younger kids, but at that time there was like a nurse and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's teachers and lawyers and, and, mm-hmm. and there's still some of that. Um, but I would be sitting backstage correcting my work when we had, you know, like shows that we only sang, you know, this and that, or we had like an hour in between acts mm-hmm. and stuff. And I would, I would be, or I'd, during rehearsals, I'd be sitting there correcting stuff because mm-hmm. you know, I had 33 kids. I've heard so many stories from uh, the 80s about how you could buy a pallet of orchestra instruments for like $50 because they were all being carted off to the dump. I know. When Andrea told me that, I thought, oh my God, I I wish I'd known. Yeah. Uh, Because I'm so hard up for instruments. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. It just kills us now. Mm -hmm. She let me borrow Mm -hmm. those instruments that were on those pallets Mm -hmm. and my kids love them. They look like hell. Okay. (laughs) They are like, they look like they've been beaten and, you know, Uh stripped and they are Mm-hmm. the cases are all mess but um when my uh, one of my kids had to borrow one because he forgot his mm-hmm. and i told him i said that's the only one left he goes really mm-hmm. i was like yeah that's it that guy's been <laughs> a survivor baby <laughs> now he constantly requests that one. that's Aww. his that's his violin i'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it yeah. has a history Look at that bow uh-huh yeah. mm-hmm. but then he is playing it has a beautiful sound wow so he loves it mm-hmm. so even the quality was better stories. yeah yeah, yeah sure So you've talked a little bit um, to all of us individually about having to adapt from teaching in the general classroom to teaching general music and the differences. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? What are some of the challenges that you faced in that transition? Because you were a a classroom teacher for a long time. I Mm -hmm. also, can I just like add that uh, when you first, when I met you, I immediately saw this like fire in you wanting to learn how to teach Mm. general music. Mm -hmm. And I just... I was like a little firefly, like going towards uh-huh. the light. I was like, I gotta sit next to her because uh-huh. I, you know, I was new too, um, but I I had no teaching experience, and I knew that you you had that um, strong foundation in teaching, even though you're new to the music room. Yeah. So my Your panic excitement. was completely different. Yeah. My yeah. panic was completely different. So I I freaked out that first mm. year. I had like. I had itching all of, I was mm. so stressed that mm. my body, like I had like itching for like the first three months of, of school year because I was so stressed about mm. not feeling competent mm. oh, um, wow. and starting over again because I started over again, uh-huh. I mean, you know, and I had no, no curriculum. Right. Um, yeah. When you go into the general music classroom, I mean, in the regular classroom, you know, I started off teaching by myself because I was, uh, I was on a track. So mm-hmm. we were four tracks and the bilingual track was B. It started off only B as B track. We used to say B for bilingual, B for brown. So <laughs> we were we were only on track. So I never had collaboration with anybody at my grade level 
because everybody else was teaching something different. Mm-hmm. I was okay. a self-contained bilingual teacher, which means I had English speakers, Spanish speakers, and transition. So mm-hmm. I was constantly in groups. Mm-hmm. And so I never had collaboration. Okay. And then I became a regular classroom teacher and all these changes happened with Common Core and collaboration started happening. And I had, I had, I got to sit with other teachers and we shared the work and it was like, what? This is so amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we could learn from each other and there was this give and take. And, um, and I think for me, Wolf Canyon was like a turning point because um, I had a partner, um, Mr. Lee, who was, you know, like, could have been my child. And he acted like it sometimes, but <laughs> but we had a very very symbiotic relationship, which was really weird. And we we um, we taught really well together, and so we had a really good partnership. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the most successful teaching experience I've had. I think on my entire mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. when when we were separated, I felt like my arm had been removed because we were mm-hmm. we could we got to the point where we would just look at each other and we that was our meeting. We'd go, you think, and I'm like, yeah. Uh huh. That's how we, that's what, that was our meeting. Mm-hmm. And he'd go, okay. And I'd like, all right. And we, we knew what we were doing already. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then I got separated and went So to you went from that to being. Harborside by myself. And, yeah. But then I had a really good team. Like I said, we, and so now you're back, I'm back to being by myself. Right. Yeah. Right. As well, the only music teacher in the school. Right. Right. And it's different. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things are different. So. When you're in the regular classroom, you have basils. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people say bad things about basils, but honestly. Basils, can you? Basil, basil uh, so you have textbooks that, you know, like okay. the teacher manuals that mm-hmm. tell you what you're teaching. They give you your objective. They they go through systematically and you build on skills, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a scope and sequence and all right. this stuff. Right. And, um, and you discuss it for all, you know, all your subjects. Um, the thing about basils, and this is what I... I get annoyed with teachers in general for it. They always go, I hate basils, you know, it doesn't let me be creative. And it's like, no, I always looked at my basil, I looked at my basic, and if I liked it, I did it. If I didn't, I, uh, to be perfectly honest, I never did it the way it's, it, it's kind of like how I cook. I never follow a recipe, okay? Right. And the same thing. Yeah. So I looked at it, I looked at my objective, and I took what I liked from it, and if I didn't, I created my own, mm-hmm. you know? Cause that's, that's, but at least it gave me a guideline, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going into the music classroom, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. I looked at that basil, and I was like, what? Right. This is nothing. I can't create anchor charts, I can't. Yeah. So the way that I was teaching was completely turned on its head, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know? So then, after I got through the first year, I survived, and after we did our level one, yeah, I thought, okay, we had a direction after that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yes. and we thought, okay, I'm material now, and right, and then slowly but surely, I started going back to what I consider my basics. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I taught, I had like a, I had like a, an outline. Mm-hmm. So when my kids came in, they knew exactly what to do. I was very structured mm-hmm. um, because I'm very disorganized. So I have to be structured. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, what I, I, they knew exactly what to do. They had routines. And so I thought, okay, I need to go back to creating routines. Um, I need to post my behavior expectations, my mm-hmm. rewards, my consequences. So everything is spelled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I did is I created like a little template for myself of how I'm going to start music. So, for example, um, I always post my agenda mm-hmm. every day. Mm. Um, I'm meticulous about it because it keeps me on track. Uh-huh. And so sometimes I post it in the back so I won't forget stuff. I can see it. Mm-hmm. And my kids keep me, they keep me, um, um, you know, like 
on it. It's easy to forget if you've already taught it three times yep. in yeah. a day. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The third time I'm like, oh, I think together. I got it. And then I make up my own stuff and I'm like, wait, didn't I, I forgot forget? that? Why am I done so early? Oh, yeah. I forgot right. number two. So, yeah. so my kids keep me on track or I post it somewhere because I, so I can see it. And then I do other things like, for example, I say, okay, what's going to be my introduction? What's going to be my warm up? Mm-hmm. And sometimes my warm ups, um, I try to include rhythm movement this year i'm incorporating movement as my first thing so when the kids first come in we do movement they yeah. go immediately to scattered position and we're doing some kind of movement cool. nice that's what i do first mm-hmm. then i take attendance no then i do learning goal and success criteria mm-hmm. i take attendance i'm meticulous about that i always worried about safety because mm-hmm. in an emergency you don't know sure right so i always take attendance mm-hmm. and then um then i'll do like cs so i'll do conversational solfege we'll do some kind of rhythm thing and then we'll do a vocal warm up. We always sing, and then we get down to the crux of the okay. of the mm-hmm. lesson. That is my basic outline. So now you've got a solid that. structure. Yeah. yeah, I have to create that for myself because right. I had to go back to like what what things kept me sane in the regular classroom, and those mm-hmm. were the takeaways for me. Yeah. Um, and the behavior was like never an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I never was because I'm not. I've taught sixth. I've taught the kinders were scarier to me than mm-hmm. sixth graders. <laughs> they scared me. I was like. Oh. What am I going to do with kids that are that you know? Five seconds is like you know their their attention span. Uh huh. And then they're rolling around, and we had like a couple of years. We had some kinders that were like, oh god, you know. <laughs> we had the class, mm-hmm. um, and now they're in second grade. I'm curious, like, because all of us are common denominators. First off, music teachers also ORF training. That's some of our common denominators. You are definitely. I hate to use another term, outlier, but you're very different in the form that you were in the classroom beforehand. Also, yeah. you were bi- a, a bilingual teacher as well. And you've shared some strengths that you've, that you've gained from I used to that experience. Do, I, by the way, I used to be a piano teacher, too. I started off when I was 18 teaching piano. So you're just... To just, play for my... No, I've been teaching. I, I, I started teaching when I was 16. I used to teach quinceañeras. Mm, okay. I used to teach the waltzes, the dances. Uh-huh. And then I, then I started teaching uh, piano for my piano teacher. Teach, she taught me how to teach piano so that I could afford my lessons because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford them. They were expensive. It's crazy. So <laughs> she taught me how to teach. And so it, it was funny that I didn't want to be a teacher. Uh-huh. And yet, when was, it was what you've yeah. done, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been doing it naturally. Forever. Yeah, uh-huh. and so I had piano students. Well, I had like eleven or twelve students when I was in college, and then I supplemented my education um, by singing. I started singing right. in a band. Yeah. Okay. You sing in a Latin band. I sang in two bands. But with all that, like the different perspectives you come from, like what's something that you feel like you have necessarily have a stronger foundation well yeah what's something you gain from those different experiences that we never ever had um um the challenges of doing that you've uh well i think one of the, one of the things i think was i like challenge i mm-hmm. was frankly kind of bored okay. mm-hmm. um i'd already done you know fourth grade for 12 years and i was like i mean i love it i uh i started um so I, in order to make things interesting for myself, I like social studies, I like politics, I mm-hmm. like all that stuff. So I started um, m- giving it more meat, mm-hmm. you know, like I started using like primary resources, stuff like that. And and so that was, it was really difficult for me to leave the classroom because I felt that that was really important. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like when I left, I felt like I was leaving for fluff. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to realize is that music is... Um, a miracle for children. It is an equalizer. 
Um, mm-hmm. It is. It has become incredibly powerful. I, I and and funny because I've seen the power of music in my own life, and yet yeah. mm. you discounted it because you know I'm trying to. When you're working with your own community, there's a sense of urgency, and I've always had that urgency mm-hmm. about you know my my students because mm-hmm. um, I know how. Uh, uh, they don't have access. You mm-hmm. know, yes. things mm-hmm. are not easily accessible to them. They don't could have you, the money. B- before you go on, could you? Like, we're going a little backwards, but as far as going back to the program notes, like, yeah. could you explain what is your school situation like? like can you describe? One hundred percent, one hundred percent free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of trauma. We have okay. um, homelessness. Um, we have a lot of students living with grandparents. Um, so we have a very. Luckily, we have a very strong social emotional learning. Program mm-hmm. and um, our students greatly benefit from it, but we have a very difficult um, population, mm-hmm. a very difficult population. So um, it is not cookie cutter. It's not easy to work with, mm-hmm. but um, that's kind of where I like to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. I mean, I don't know what it tells, says about me, but that's kind of where I feel like I belong. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was working in what I call Disneyland at Wolf Canyon, I felt like. <laughs> I'm hardly working. <laughs> well, because it was so, I mean, I had kids reading at 12th grade level. I didn't know what to do for them. I was mm-hmm. like, what do I do for, I, I'm used to having kids that are struggling and yeah. not at grade level, mm-hmm. right? And there I was like, holy moly, what am I going to do with a kid reading at 12th grade level? Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. So it took me in a different direction. But mm-hmm. I'm grateful because I think from my learning experience, what, I've, what I gain is I have seen just about it everything Mm. yeah so it doesn't i'm not scared for example of children Mm -hmm. like uh when i first went to sixth grade i would have been scared of sixth grade had i not known the students that i was going to Mm -hmm. because when i went from uh, fourth to sixth at wolf canyon i had those kids i already had them Mm -hmm. so i had the same group of kids for two years i knew them i knew their families so i would have been scared Mm -hmm. um you're always scared of the unknown so for music it was i was terrified because i didn't know what i was doing um, but like I said, once I met you guys and then mm-hmm. um, and for me, I think my biggest takeaway is to continually want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I don't you're not I, slowing down. Nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> I got to keep up with you. I think complacency is the death of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Definitely. when like I've seen teachers, for example, um, and this was early on in my career who would just um recopy their lesson plans from the last year right and i was like how do you do that i've never taught a year the same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ever not only because your population changes but because it's boring Mm -hmm. so i was like okay and i saw people just do that they just you know same thing i could i could tell you what week we were on in the year because it was the same bulletin board Mm -hmm. the same activity everything the same book Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. Oh, so I'm interested. I was a little surprised to hear you say that you viewed music as you were going to fluff for a little while because yeah. I know you don't believe I that felt now. Guilty. No, but I well, felt guilty because I thought, oh, it's going to be easier. And then, oh my God. Yeah. I'm working harder now than I worked in the regular classroom. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. I hardly get home before five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I really understood what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think any of us yeah, could have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any. I don't think anybody right. does, right? And no. so I came in. Luckily, I had some experience, but that didn't. I mean, I felt like it didn't help me at the beginning, but yeah. I wasn't able to see because I was in. You know, holy crap! What am I gonna do? You right. Know, yeah. That kind of thing. But um, yeah. What am I? What am I gonna do with no resources? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. 
and I didn't know and anything about stringed instruments. And I'm sitting there like, how do mm-hmm. you? T-? I remember the first time I tuned a violin, I broke the string. Oh no! <laughs> because I didn't know how to. T- I was afraid to touch the pegs. I was like, what am I doing? I don't know what to do with this. And yeah, oh, it was just like, oh. So it was it was really scary. I'm wondering Stressed. if you have any ideas about how we can begin to advocate for ourselves with our fellow staff members, though, because mm. I think we've definitely all faced that at varying degrees. And it's certainly not everybody, but I felt it um, where it's easy for somebody to see what we do. And even my husband, Brian, has made this comment after being in my classroom to film. Um, you know, he's he understands you know, it looks like I'm just playing with the kids, but it's calculated and there's an objective behind it, but it would be very easy for someone to just say, all you do is play with the kids all day and have fun. So I'm wondering, is that our job to advocate? And yes, and, absolutely. Okay. So uh, part of the problem, what do you think? part of the problem, and this comes from a classroom teacher mm-hmm. um, who had somebody at their school um, working in the arts. Um, I felt like, uh, I thought, what are, they, what are they doing? I never saw any output. Right. Um, I was producing artwork that they were putting up in the in the office, mm-hmm. but the art teacher wasn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, what are you doing? So I looked at it as they were just like, okay, I guess they were just there to support us, mm-hmm. support support people, right? Mm-hmm. But at my school, the three of us, um, my Jamila, who's the dance and PE teacher, and Daniel, who's the art teacher, mm-hmm. we all come from the classroom. Mm-hmm. So Monica expects us, my, my principal expects something different from us. Um, As in objectives and spelled out or what What do you think? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's an expectation. But what I've done with, the, for example, my colleagues, I try to really think from their perspective mm-hmm. of how this is going to impact them mm-hmm. because... I understand the pressure that they're under mm-hmm. to raise test scores and to have their students perform. Right. So when I request children to be out of their classrooms, I always ask them, when is a good time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I try to be very respectful of their time because I know that they have to test. I don't. Mm-hmm. So I I try to be very cognizant. And all three of us, in fact, are very, Jamil and I always talk about that. How mm-hmm. can we have less impact? on their teaching time. Mm-hmm. So we try to think about times. I always ask them, what what are the times that are best to pull out kids? So consequently, what I've been trying to do is pull out the kids that are high performing mm-hmm. mm. so that they are able. And, and then I pull out the kids and I tell them, if you're going to be in here, you have to be responsible for making up your work. Mm-hmm. I can't have you pulled. Uh, and I give teachers that option. For example, if a kid hasn't completed their work, they don't come. Mm-hmm. And I get upset with a student. For not for general music. This is for no, you know extra performing, extra performing opportunities. Nobody's missing music class because of grades, right? Not really. I just wanted to make that clear. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Nobody misses. I'm talking about like like orchestra, um, orchestra, mm-hmm. like advanced orchestra, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the sixth grade uh, sixth grade team is very demanding, and they're they're awesome. Actually, they're getting the kids prepared for middle school, so they do a lot of um, they they switch. They do a lot of switching, and mm-hmm. they're departmentalized, and so their their workload is is quite high. They have to do community service. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. It's intense. So sometimes the kids wouldn't get their work done. Yeah. And oh my god, I would pull them aside, and I was like, No, mm-hmm. you cannot do this. You better figure it out. Stay after school, whatever. But you got to get your work done. Yep. So I would. I was fortunate enough to meet with my advanced orchestra uh, orchestra twice a week during the day. Wow. Um, nice. That's not happening this year. Um, and this year I have a mallet club and I have advanced orchestra once a week. I'm trying to change that. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then after school we teach. Mm -hmm. But anytime that I try to impact students, I try to be mindful of teachers. Mm -hmm. But honestly, you have to build relationships with them. Mm -hmm. um, I've had teachers at the beginning tell me, oh, you, you're, are you getting paid the same? Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm doing less work. Right. And so sometimes like I'll, if I'm in the lounge and somebody will say, oh, I can't wait for this class to leave. And I'll look at them and say, yeah, I get them for the six, six more years. Mm -hmm. I don't get to say, oh, bye bye. Right. So sometimes I will talk about the differences when, when, you know, Jamil and I are in there and we'll say, yeah, like when we were in the classroom, it was like this, but now it's like this. Mm -hmm. So we will talk about how this has impacted our lives, how different it is, mm -hmm. and yet how difficult it is, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of teachers um, are very supportive of us. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've had a lot of teachers say, oh my God, I can't do your job. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't. It's, it's hard. So really bringing them into the fold and letting them see but I'm going to tell you, there are some teachers that are just not going to be receptive. Sure. Because they think we're I think just that's there. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they just think we're there to, you know, to play, I guess. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and um, I had I had that with a kinder teacher. She basically said, well, just tell me what you're doing and I'll just sing with them. And I, was like, right, I know. <laughs> I know. But I love how you said that music is magic and it's a great equalizer. And so like yeah. you just. To me, it's a miracle. It, yeah. I've a miracle. Seen, I love that. Like mm -hmm. for orchestra. Yes. Zoe and I are doing the SDYS and. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I was really hating life the last week of school because we were there. It's yeah, really we tough. went to music camp and we were there with our kids. You know, I was there from seven to six, right? Mm -hmm. 6.30, you know, the one kid that was never picked up on time. Yeah. And um, oh my God, I was like looking at them like, I don't even want to see you right now. And yet I had one of my kids who's autistic. Uh -huh. um, I couldn't believe, first of all, he showed up for orchestra. I was like, are you serious there every right day. now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he... Um, Lori, one of our, our colleagues who were yep. already interviewed, um, she, she had her kids mentoring mm -hmm. my kids, my beginners, and she sent me this video that made me cry on the bus. Yep. It was beautiful. This little, this little boy was working with one of her students, mm -hmm. and he was doing so well. I sent it to his father. His he father was so teared focused. up. Very focused. And to me, I thought, and that's why. And I that's do why. It. That's and all you that's need. That's right there. Because like, I was, that's I was the feeling entire like, week. why am I doing this? Right. I was having that moment, right? When yeah. we all think. I need to ch I need to rethink my life choices, <laughs> and I yeah. I got sent this video, and I was like, and there it is. I was crying on the bus. Yeah, and I was like trying to wipe my tears because you know, the, and and I, I immediately sent it to his father. That's mm -hmm. why we keep going. We're all witness to these miracle moments, mm -hmm. and it, they always come right when we need them. Yep. You yeah. know, sometimes. Yeah. Well, sometimes. and the other gift yeah. of year-round school is we have frequent breaks. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do it's this seasonal. job. I, yes. Uh, yeah. That last uh -huh. week was so intense. By Friday, I was peace out. Do you have a spaghetti for us? Of yes, course of I course. Do. Oh yes. I have a a comb. Uh huh. <laughs> this is for wet hair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's so wide you know. tooth. It's wide tooth. For curly hair. And I brought <laughs> baby wipes. Oh my okay. goodness. Yes. Uh huh. So. Mm -hmm. What uh -huh. to do in a classroom? What to with do these in guys. a classroom with the two objects? Well, for me, I think I would definitely use the comb for my hair. That's so <laughs> evident. John is bald. If you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. And I would use a baby wipe to wipe John's head. There we go. <laughs> I mean, we all get sweat. Uh, I don't know. I thought about maybe putting these two things together and <laughs> making an instrument. Yeah. 
I I kind of miss the days when I was carrying baby wipes around with me all the time because they are so useful for everything everything. Yeah, I think that every teacher needs to have baby wipes on them, especially when you work with 400 children because things get sticky. I'm always like, why are you sticky? So, like, I'm holding mallets. their hands and oh. I'm like, why are you wet? No. I walk around like a doctor afterwards. <laughs> yeah. no, I do not touch my air. face until uh-huh. I wash my hands, especially right. after kinder. It's like, oh, no. I thought yeah. about using these, like, to put on things, maybe to dampen them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or I also thought about making, letting them dry mm-hmm. and then using them, like, to crunch or maybe just to, to wipe. And mean, some, it does make sound. Mm-hmm. So you can amplify. Okay. So when you have a microphone, just, just rub it. Yes. Just I'm rub it, it with I'm a baby wipe. And then I thought about like a, I, I don't know where I got this. Okay. Like this the, is the too paper heavy. over the comb. Yeah. Yeah. And then you blow on it. You can right. make like, like a harmonica or maybe even put like mm-hmm. rubber bands on it and maybe twang it. Like Definitely. Size rubber bands. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Right. You can make a lot of instruments. Because I I, I, after our level three and playing with mm-hmm. newspapers, everything is an instrument. Totally. Everything. Well, and everything well, is a prop. I yeah. I want the comb. Okay. So we play props, you know, the old Whose Line Is It Anyway mm-hmm. TV show, how oh, they yeah. play props and they would just have a basket full. So we play it sometimes. And uh, so this is a mustache. Oh, there you yeah, go. It's a hairdo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, you. Yeah. You could be a porcupine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, you can be an animal. I you feel like be. if this was a metal comb, um, it would have much more of an amplification. Like, many combs have like the thick than thin aspect yes. mm-hmm. you can kind of use as a columbia almost mm-hmm. um you need some Get sort nice of way ampl- oh actually do we have a your baby wipes has a hole we uh, oh, this it's one not, here? It's not really resonating enough but yeah the maybe plastic. just a sense of twangs and stuff yeah just like percussive <laughs> element to it i just totally. think you could add all kinds of things to that comb because it has it has because it's a wide tube comb you can get like sound out of it Yep. There we Ooh. go. On, on the carpet. On the also. carpet, especially, it would make a good you sound. You can do it on anything. I mean, think yep. about Mark it. Mark had something. Well, um, almost anything. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> how about a drum? No, you want to scratch the, the membrane. No, Ooh. you put it on the uh, opposite side of the drum. So, hand drum upside down. Oh. And then, if you want to get creative, put a little sand in there. And wipe it. Ooh. Okay. Fire. And you could, if you put enough sand, you could make yourself a Zen garden and there make really oh, nice designs. Oh my goodness! I love that. Hey. This is like your little rake. Zen. Exactly. What's the last prop you have there? Oh, this, this oh that was something that they got at Ikea to oh, okay. that we brought. Yeah, so right. it, it was okay. missing from my, yeah. my jar. So Gotcha. I, but Just I thought, a, oh a God, random you know. lid. That's but really this funny. this is easy. This is so easy. It's wood, for sure. the love of God. You can yeah. use this <laughs> Make as a rhythm instrument. It. Yeah, this is easy. Cool. It's know. also a hat. I prefer uh, <laughs> I prefer baby wipes to uh, just like the regular clean wipes, just because I feel like there's less chemicals, there especially is. if you. There is. Yeah. So I just and, and then so I thought about the bag itself. Yeah. It's so crinkly. Oh, our podcast will love that sound. Yeah. No, but I mean, sorry, <laughs> but you know, right in the mic. <laughs> but you can totally use it. Totally. What's the, what's the name of the lid from IKEA? Oh, oh my god. Um... <laughs> This one's actually good. It's it's Fager. Fager. It's not Fager. the it's not the Karuka Lankadink. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to we were trying to figure out what was what. I'm sitting there telling Zoe, hey, it's the it's the Fanaka Lugan. Do you have the Fanaka Lugan? Wait, what was four ninety nine? Wait, the Falaga Lugan. Where? What's what's it called? I had an elephant. I don't know what it was called. It was like the Kanongalungabung. I was just cracking up. So Zoe and I were laughing when so we were sitting there trying this to... This has been a very PC episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Sorry, it just went out. Awful. I couldn't do it. Oh, my goodness. 
Awesome. Before we get to the round of week, Sandra, I really appreciate you were one of our first subscribers to Chaotic Harmony. I was. And yeah, I, I really was. appreciate it. And Biggest those fan. those listening, um, we appreciate you guys listening. But to keep us rolling, we would love mm-hmm. it if you guys could subscribe to us on like, on the, our YouTube's, um, as well as uh, if you like what you hear, so send us a review on iTunes. Um, you know, five stars only is the only thing you can send. But like, I mean, really. <laughs> really, I seriously love it. Um, I, f- I have found it very helpful. I've gotten ideas mm-hmm. um, off of the things you've done. Off this, of this, yes, quinkle, quinkle. Yes. Nice. yes, but but also like some of the rounds you've done and just the information mm-hmm. has been really helpful. So I think it's I important think that we feel not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. You're gonna keep cuckling it. Okay. Oh, Mark's removing it. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Yeah. No, I, I do. I think I think it's important that yeah. we support each other because yeah. we are by ourselves most yeah. of the time, right? Definitely. And mm-hmm. our jobs are not easy. Mm-hmm. Oh God, no. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. So I'm glad to have you on the team, girl. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No, yeah. I love I love my friends. Aww. This is my tribe right here. Yeah, it is. I finally found a group of people I fit in with. Yay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that says about you, but <laughs> <laughs> if this is the best you could do. That sounds, that sounds weird. That's, yeah. what, that's okay. But yeah, listeners, if you could uh, do us a favor to subscribe and also send us a review. Also, if you like what you, listen, uh, what you hear mm-hmm. or if you have some things you think we could improve on, feel free yes. to write that Let in the review know, as well. Please. Yeah, we also have an email. If you have one to send ideas to us, we mm-hmm. have email. It's at Chaotic Harmony Classroom, classroom at gmail.com. Yes. Love you. Round of the week. So it goes like this. Round and round we go. We hold each other's hands and weave our lives in a circle. The day is done. The dance goes on. So cool. It's really pretty. My kids my kids love it because of the syncopation. Mm. Shall we try? Yeah. Round and round we go, we hold each other's hands and weave our lives in a circle. The day is done, the dance goes on. Can you do the dance goes on at the end for me real quick? The dance goes on. Okay. I think I'm singing it right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Goes on. Yeah, All right, let's try it again from the top. Ready? Round and round we go. We hold each other's hands and weave our lives in a circle. The day is done. The dance goes on. You alto, gosh, she's in I'm like really down here. This right is Ursula. Yeah. I can do it higher if you Good want. Morning. No, it's not I can sing higher. I'm just, you know, this is my normal speaking voice. Yeah. So, this is my speaking voice. Shall we try? <laughs> this is my singing voice. Mm-hmm. So we can do it higher if you want. No, no, no that's fine. Round we I... go, we hold each other's hands and weave our lives in a circle. The day is done. The dance goes on. We got it. Let's do this. Okay. All right. Five so who's going to start first? Me? We'll, yeah, we'll go. Okay, go. Five parts. Team Sanders. Let's do five parts. Oh, part. oh yeah. okay. Bring it. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, where is the break? Are we going to do break, it once or twice? Um, the break is on weave. Why? Got this. Why? So um, mm-hmm. are we going to do it twice How about or once? Mark and I are on the team. Thanks. Let's oh do God. once, I say. Okay, once. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Round and round we go, we hold each other's hands and round and round we go, we hold each other's hands and the day is done, we hold the day is done, we hold each other's hands and we are in the circle. The day is done, 
the dance goes on. I love this song. I That's love it too. Lovely. It was lovely. Thanks, guys. I Yay. love you guys. Thanks for coming. Thank Please you, subscribe, people. It's really yeah. good. All right. There's a lot of good information here. You also, could use. Sandra, um, where could people find you on the Twitters? Yeah. You got a at very Otai. active Twitter. So, oh, at Otai. Oh, barely. At Otai. <laughs> at Otai Music. At Otai Music. O T A Y. I know. Otai. As I say, Otai. I know. Okay. I know. All because that nobody's from Southern California, that's why. I know. <laughs> at Otai Music, how about you, Mark? Uh, you find me at Mr. Keemer. I'm at Miss Kumagai. I'm at Finny Vapa. And I'm at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. Also, you can contact us at Chaotic... No, so I'm sorry, on Twitter, it's at C-H Classroom. Feel oh. free to send us a tweet. Yeah. Well, now I know how. All right, thanks for listening, you guys. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Keemer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com Um, so actually at the very Hi, end should... and subscribe no. I love how um, Google Maps I think it's Google Maps is always like turn right on O-T-A-Y Lakes Road <laughs> oh really yeah you know they can't figure it out O-T-A-Y oh I have a funny story about pronunciation so my family always grew up like I grew up out west until this random stint in my life where we lived in Alabama and nothing is pronounced like Southern California out there and they like were so lost one day and we pulled over at a gas station it was like the first day we were in Alabama and they're like um hi can you help us get to Decatur we can't find it and the guy at the gas station's like oh do you mean Decatur <laughs> Decatur <laughs> same thing when we were in, in San Francisco mm-hmm. Bernal Heights I couldn't figure out what Bernal Heights was and I was like and I was calling it Bernal Bernal yeah Bernal you know Bernal. And, I was, and they were like yeah Bernal Heights I was like what's Bernal Heights and then Bernal. I saw it and I was like oh yeah. wait is it Decatur Decatur no it's Decatur yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> no. no 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 the best one is Boista yeah, oh gosh. Worch, uh, what is it in on um, uh, Mass- on in Massachusetts? Yeah, Worcester. Mm-hmm. Worcester. Houston. It looks like Wor- Worcester. Yeah. And Bast- I call it Worcester. <laughs> I was like, My what's goodness. Worcester? Oh yeah.